Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santi, and today I'm going to talk to Lisa Murphy again. 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 Thank you. My joy and my privilege. Oh, you're sweet. I feel like I'm overstaying my welcome. No. No, Well, we're a perfect pair then, because I feel like I'm nagging you into too many episodes. Oh, this is wonderful then. (laughs) All right. We're going to unpack a quote today by Jim Greenman, who I love. Um, Rest in peace for our younger listeners. Right. I was going to say sadly passed several years ago, but um, he's he's got a lot of good stuff to say if you happen to find anything. He's got articles you can access on child care information exchange, child care information exchanges, articles on demand. There's a great book called Places for Childhood that's a collection of his articles. It is. And and I love that book. Um, And and. One of the things I remember distinctly when I first looked at that book was how he was able to capture everything, even though they're kind of dated black and white pictures. Right. I still think the respect and, and understanding of what children need in an environment don't don't. I mean, if you happen upon that book and you, you know, like flip through it and be like, oh, it's an old book. It, look through it anyway. That right. is a. That is a gem of a book and it really should be on everybody's shelf. Yeah, still really relevant. I think I put it when Jeff asked me to do a top 10 list of of books for Playvolution HQ. I think I did a list of um, 10 books everyone in early childhood should read. And that's definitely on that list. Agreed. Uh, so again, it's called Places for Childhood. Um, and so, so that's where this quote came from. I don't know what article specifically it came from, but... Um, but this is so this is what we're going to talk about today. Um, so he uh, he says, now, if you ask most of us, what kind of childhood do you want for your child? We would give a very different and complex answer than we would to the question. What should an early childhood program provide your child? End quote. <laughs> so first question, do you think that's true? Um, it, yes and no. I think if we overthink it, I yeah. think. But I think if we're, I, I mean, if, if nothing else, at the end of the day, one of my big things is being consistent. Mm-hmm. So I'm not quite sure why it would be a, a different kind of experience. And and unless I'm misunderstanding what he's actually asking. I mean, like in my brain, if somebody says, what should this space look like when your kid is here from eight in the morning till four in the afternoon? In my brain, it should look a, quite a bit like the environment that you that I would help you set up if you said you wanted me to help you with your home. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, am I, if, again, please jump in if I'm, if I'm missing something here, but I, I really think it should be the same. Right. And in fact, and I'll, and I'll own a bias. I'll own it. Maybe it's the cold medicine kicking in. I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I almost think that in, in not, not in all situations. I mean, I'm not, I'm painting a general picture, but I, I know in some of the, environments that I have personally either set up and facilitated or have been a part of setting up and facilitating. In all honesty, I wish more of what we had going on there was evident 
in some of the houses yeah. that children were growing up in, if I can be so sassy. Sure. I think it, it goes both ways. And I think, of course, that's the point he's trying to make is that there shouldn't be a difference. Yes. But um, but I definitely think that for a lot of people, there there would be. Um, I, I, I think that... Um, uh, my mind went to asking parents this question mm. um, when I first when I first read this, and and even as I go back to it sometimes, um, where I I think if if we were to ask a parent what kind of childhood do you want for your child, they might talk a lot more about how the child feels, mm. um, or you know what they what they ex- get to experience. And maybe in a classroom, if the question is, so what would a program look like? You know, if you're out shopping for an early childhood program, what would you be looking for? They're likely to talk more about the stuff. Mm, I agree. In the classroom. And um, while stuff is important, um, I think that shift in focus does kids a disservice. I agree 100%. I mean, it, it, it calls to my mind. The, the sayings that I used to tell parents was, you know, I'm not telling you not to ask about licensing. You know, I'm not telling you to not ask about accreditation and those things that maybe society is kind of brainwashing you into thinking you should ask about. But, you know, how do you feel when you walk in the door and what's it sound like and what's it smell like? And do the people there genuinely look like they in, enjoy being there? And and I, I think sometimes if we're going to talk about it from the parent lens for a quick second, mm-hmm. I think sometimes parents need permission or, or a reminder, forgive me, that, that that's good enough. You know, right. if, if you're getting a good vibe and you're cool leaving your kid there, that's the most important thing ever. And then I think that would get to the relationship component, which, you know, I think we're driving at is, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not just do they have enough stuff on the shelves for them to be entertained or to be engaged it's, you know, what, what's it feel like? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, uh, that, that needing permission is a symptom of, um, or a result of this stupid marketing campaign that the world has been waging on parents for so many years about needing toys to be educational and, um, worrying about your kids falling behind and um, lies, all lies. It is. Lies. Yes, absolutely. I saw <laughs> the most maddening commercial. Oh no! Um, not long ago, for um, either Sylvan or Kumon or one of those Ugh. one of those tutoring, you know, yes. companies that was selling classes now to get your kids ready for school for kindergarten. Oh my god! Um, and it, and it was very much uh, sort of fear mongering that yes. this is and this she- is absolutely what you need and. Um, you know, those things are expensive too. So then what about the poor kids who can't, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it drives me crazy, but, but par- that's what parents are given and that's what they have and that's what they go with. And, um, so that idea of giving them permission to think otherwise and to trust their gut and to trust their children, um, I think is an important piece of advocacy that we forget about. <laughs> You know what would be awesome? I just had a, like a little daydream while you were talking. I was oh, listening, thanks. but it prompted a daydream. No, oh, okay. how awesome would it be if like after a parent workshop that either one of us might facilitate, the parents were like, this is exactly what I've always wanted for my kids. Yeah. Let's start a co-op. I mean, wouldn't that just be the bomb? Yes. That's a great daydream. 
right? Right. The, the other thing, and I'm going to circle back, it might look like I'm changing gears, but I'm not, thinking about that disconnect between a home life and a, you know, center slash mm-hmm. program life. Um, I had forgotten about this until you read the quote out loud. When I was doing, it was my second family child care home, one of the mamas who was touring, right, she had two kids, and she asked me, one of her questions was, um, I'm noticing, <laughs> she said there's not a lineup line. here anywhere in in your house and I I let her finish and so she went off she rambled about this lineup line and I looked at her and I said well I have a couple of questions for you I said you know what would they be lining up for Mm -hmm. and she looked at me and she said well like you know lunch and I said do you have a lineup line in your house and she's like well why would I need one and I'm like you exactly you know like why (laughs) why would it be any different here, you know, especially in a family child care home, right? Which, I mean, ideally you're attempting in the most possible way to replicate the coziness and the naturalness and the organicness of a, of a child's experience. And I just, I, I, I had totally forgotten that story. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I don't have a lineup line here. Yeah. And why? No, I, I think about a lot when I hear people talking about how kids need structure and you know the oh don't the, get me started I'm well okay so you that. don't have to respond <laughs> but that that's where my mind goes a lot of times is to those kids who don't go to a child care program or maybe they they only go to preschool in the mornings or something like that do you really think that when they're at home with their mothers or whoever is home with them that they're having a structured day following a 15 minute segment schedule <laughs> and and and, and I don't I don't think so. I mean, of course, there are some families that just have, you know, they're scheduled as far out as they can be scheduled. But for the most part, I would guess that they're just having a childhood at home. Exactly. And no exactly. one's freaking out unless they're poor. And then we still freak out yes. about them not being ready for school because they aren't in a preschool program or a child care program. But for the most part, we don't freak they... out about their structure. Um, control. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, but and I think that goes to what they've been I'm, taught to look for in a program. Uh, <laughs> I, I also think that sounded like a goose, didn't it? No. Um, I, I I also think that sometimes this is going to sound horrible. I hope you don't lose a listener from what I'm about to say, but you might give some yes. shed some light on this. Yes. I also think that because uh, a, a lot of the people in the position who are kind of telling people what they should and should not be looking for are white middle aged women. Yes. Um, that, that sometimes that is a huge disservice, Mm -hmm. um, because just because the experiences that kids are having might not look like what they had or what they, they what they value. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that's a a piece of that puzzle of of supposedly not being ready as well. Um, but that's not what we're really here to talk about today. No, well, Um, sure. But that's, that's really valid. And, and all, I mean, all you're saying is that we see things through our own lens, Unless, Correct. Unless we challenge ourselves to step outside of that, and and that's absolutely um, really valid. And the, a lot of the people who are um, setting policy, and you know, a lot of the politicians and um, who set policy about early childhood and are talking about universal pre-K or whatever, are old white men whose wives maybe didn't have to use childcare. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, there I, is that element of it, and and that is a whole other conversation. But but I think for, that's valid for people who are are listening 
who are in a position to be touring and interviewing prospective clients, I would actually throw out the challenge to start asking the first part of Jim Greenman's question, which was what what kind of childhood do you want for your child? And having that serve as I think the initial meeting point. And Heather, I'm I'm being reminded of the conversation we had when we talked about um um the customers. Yes, 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 yes. Um and 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 if you meet them where they are, which is you know wanting something awesome and amazing for their child, mm-hmm. um, I, I I think there's there's a, a connection definitely between that article and that conversation to the one we're having right now. Yeah, and and I think that's a really wonderful way to go through a tour and to make a connection with the family is to start with what kind of childhood do you want your child to have, and then start making those connections as you're looking into classrooms. Um, and, and it also, I think, allows you to, to potentially, depending on the family, get some insight to the childhood that the parents had or did not mm-hmm. have well, right? Because, right. I mean, I could imagine somebody coming right out the gate and being like, you know, I want my kid to get something completely different than, you know, the shitty experience I had. Like, mm-hmm. wow, there's some insight. Right. You know, and that's going to, that's that's something in my tool belt now as I interact with this family while they're here, you know? And uh, versus the guilt ridden one, you know, I want my kid to get what I'm not able to give because my mom didn't work, but I have to work. So, uh-huh. you know, I want something that kind of reminds me of, of that, of what I experienced. Yeah, that, 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 that's an oh, wonderful opening conversation, I would imagine. Yeah. And just going, just getting into a habit of using the word childhood as often yes. as we can when we're talking about what we do, I think would be really powerful. Um even when we're just talking to each other about our days or what we're planning for our home well, give or me classroom an example. or whatever. Give me an example. Unpack that a little bit. Yeah. So instead of talking about um, uh, the activities that you have planned, you know, just talk about um, the kind of childhood I'd like to see happening in my room today or something like that. Oh, um, oh that, can, that could completely change. I, I think so how we see our job. Yeah. That's a, that's a big statement, Heather. I like that a lot. Oh, good. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I think about when, um, so every, at the beginning of the semester, um, in my job now, we do an orientation, three days of orientation with the graduate students who are going to be working in the preschool. And one of the things I spend a lot of time talking about are the parts of the day that normally don't get a lot of talking about, like yes. um, when you're waiting to go from one place to the next or standing in line waiting for washing your hands, um, those kinds of times that are sort of unavoidable for us in the system that we've got. Um, and I and I say to them, I'm as concerned about the quality of their life while they're waiting to wash their hands as I am any other part of the day. So I'm sometimes more worried about some of those types of things. Sure. <laughs> sure, yeah. And that's I guess that's probably really what I'm saying if I'm being honest, but you know, what's their childhood like as they're part of a group which is an unnatural situation for them to be in? Exactly. Oh wow. Um and, is of concern and, to me. And and you know, I I would I would venture to guess Heather that a lot of people just have never ever ever thought about it right. like that. Right. And, and you say in the playbook um, something about how you're going to try as hard as you could to never forget what it was like to be a child 
To be little, yes, ma'am. To be little, yeah. And so using the word childhood in conversations with each other, I think, brings the focus back and causes us to have to stop and think about, okay, so what was it like for me when I was two feet tall and everyone around me was at least five feet tall? Exactly, um, exactly. Or I had the total freedom of my backyard or... I like that. I, I, I... I think it's kind of turning that attention back towards that that frame, not 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 frame, the time frame of childhood, as opposed uh-huh. to the program mm-hmm. that they're in. I really like that a lot. You know, I think after every time we podcast, I have something to think about for the rest of the day, and I think it often works its way into the workshop. So thanks. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> My pleasure. I'm just gonna take a big drink of coffee while I process that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was balancing my laptop on my shoulder as I went and just poured myself another cup of coffee. I was worried that the dog was going to go crazy and go through the screen door. Oh, yeah. He sounds intense back there. Oh, well, you know, when you live on a golf course, there's all sorts of animals back there. Oh, and, sure. you know, he thinks I want to his friend. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm about to go put him in the bedroom. Come here. <laughs> Sorry about that, listeners. That's Kane. He's letting you know he's in the room. Yeah, they probably love to hear from Kane. <laughs> um, the other thing I thought about with the, when I read this quote was a long time ago when Travis used to record with me. Um, we did one uh, where he was talking about making his own accreditation system. Oh, yeah. And it would yeah. be the Taggart sale and it, you know, it all stood for something. But the basic <laughs> assessment was, do the kids look happy? Okay, you're accredited. Yeah. <laughs> I, and... and, and and, and I would agree with that. I mean, I'd flesh it out because they're not always happy, but they right, still want to yes. be there, right? You know, um, and, and, and that's something lately I've been pushing back against is uh, people thinking that just because the kids are having fun and everybody's smiling uh-huh. that, that like, okay, we're good. And I'm like, oh, okay. Th- that means you handle the easy days well. Right. Let's, let's talk about the days that kids still like to be here, but there's a, maybe some more anger or some more sadness. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's something that I think is important too. But yes, very much so. Yeah. Do, do, does your kid want to be here? Yeah. Do they run off the bus and into the program <laughs> just as much as they run out of the building at the end of the day? <laughs> right. And what would what would have to happen for us to have programs? And I would even say elementary schools that are more of the the former. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And if we're talking about what kind of childhood we want people children to have, as opposed to what kind of a program do you look for? I think that calls to mind too. Then that social emotional piece that gets overlooked so often. Yes. And that's kind of what you just were talking about, because there are big feelings and that doesn't make it a bad day or them a bad child or you a bad, you know, child care provider. It just means we're all humans together and we have to figure that out. Um, And in order to do that effectively, then the adults working in the field need to be ready, willing and able to figure out their own stuff. Right. And that's that vicious cycle that we've talked about. I don't know if you and I have really talked about that on on a podcast, but it's definitely I know something that uh-huh. I've shared with you that that's a that's a concern of mine. It's yeah. it's hard to help little kids deal with big feelings if you yourself if have you never can. allowed your own self to deal with your big feelings. Right, right. And if we're asking what kind of childhood we want them to have, that includes what kinds of adults are around them, um, or how the adults around them respond and react. And we all have bad days. That's not what I'm saying. But there are some people that just are miserable in this work. Yes. And, or, and should be allowed to let go, to be let go. Right. And, and, and sometimes I, I think sometimes also just like 
parents might need permission to kind of take a breath and kind of calm down with sure. some of the expectations that they've been brainwashed to have. Um, I, I think that sometimes people in the field are just like, please, somebody pull me aside and tell me it's time to go. You know, <laughs> whatever reason, I'm not able to make that decision myself or make that call for my own self, but I would be more than willing if, if somebody called me on it. Um, there was a lady I met in Ohio a thousand years ago, and forgive me, I just, I have no recollection of her name at all. <laughs> she said that her program was actually working on um, putting together classes that people in the profession would take, like if you were a t in the teaching training program at a university, mm -hmm. on counseling, how to counsel people out of the profession. Oh, yeah. That's, I was, that's wow, needed. that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's needed. Yikes. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're miserable, like, I, and I'm going to repeat what you said, yeah. but, you know, if everybody is going to have a bad day, you know, and that's, that's, that's not any, nobody's going to make a judgment off that one bad day. But if that bad day is becoming a bad week and a bad month and a bad year, and, you know, it, it's at some point you need to realize that that is, it's poisoning the well. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's everybody around you is being impacted by, by that. Mm -hmm. and that's, that's, if we are coming back to that conversation of the kind of childhood, then, you know, there's this toxic element in the space that is impacting all of the children who are experiencing their childhood mm -hmm. here. And that's not effective and that's not okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. One of the other things that came to mind for me, um, as I read this and thought about this was, so I keep talking about how I have this list of words we should just stop using in early childhood. Um, was that published somewhere? It's you have not it yet. That's, I keep talking about it. I was going to do a blog post series about it, and it'll probably be in this book that I am trying to work on. Um, but but one of the words is student. Like, I get really uncomfortable hearing people talking about students who are under five years old. Um, and, and the reason that's is... That's drank the Kool-Aid. That's because... I, I mean, I would imagine. I mean, sure. I don't know. I mean, sometimes but... I think it's just habit, and that's what everybody else is doing, and I've never really stopped to think about it, but... Um, one of the things Jim Jim Greenman talks about is the dehumanizing tendencies of childhood uh -huh. childcare programs because it turns into like this institution where Ooh. we don't stop and think about the individuals in it. And I, for me, that's what student does. It's like a dehumanization. Uh, but if we start talking about childhood and children instead, then it keeps that at the forefront for us. Maybe I like that a little more effectively. So student is on my list of words. What else is on? We let's podcast about that. I want to know what else. Is on. Okay. I want I want to know your words, okay. but we'll do it in another episode. Yeah, I need to plan. I need to revisit them. But yeah, you need to great. write them down. I need to write them all down. But that's that's on there. Um, so I, so do we want to want to wrap it up with any words of profundity? Oh well, there's a word of profundity. <laughs> No, I, I think just as a, as a recap, if you're listening and you haven't really thought about that, I mean, I know I'm going to be leaving thinking about that a little bit more. You know, how often in a workshop am I, do I have potentially the opportunity to assist people in that reframing of making sure that childhood is what we're thinking about? You know, it doesn't mean you're turning a blind eye to your program, but are they actually having a true childhood within what you're calling your program? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good quote. Good yeah, quote. I love it. I, I love everything that he writes. Um What's the, oh, the other, I was like, I know there's another book that's been really impactful that he was part of, and it's Prime Times. Um, oh, I don't For Excellence with infant, for Infant Toddler Programs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he wrote he that was, one with Ann Stonehouse. Wasn't kind of a, he was an infant toddler, kind of, that was his, I don't want to say preferred age yeah. group, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that was kind of his area, wasn't it? I the, think so, yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, he did a lot of really great stuff, and um 
I, I just period, I've been reading it for over, you know, 20 years and I just periodically go back and revisit it because it never it. loses impact for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I've got about five or six books like that as well. <laughs> yeah. All right. Like the well, whole thanks. Uh, Lisa, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, so thanks everybody Thank for listening. Sorry, you have a cold, Lisa. Oh, I'll get better. Okay. All right. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. Thank you.